I went to the uh, I went to the beekeeper to get twelve bees, and he like counted them up and handed them to me, and I counted them, and there were thirteen bees in there. I said, "Sir, there's thirteen bees in here." He goes, "That was a freebie." <laughs> Dude, good job! Wow, you intro that so smoothly. When you started talking about going to get twelve bees, yeah. I thought. Nathan is adding beekeeper. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Until you yeah. said like, sir, there's third I was like, this is this really happened. I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Do you know what? <laughs> do you know what I was doing sitting over here? Don't laugh yet, Krista. Don't laugh. <laughs> don't laugh yet. Don't laugh too wait, soon. Wait, 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 wait till he gets it out. I'm pretty sure it's a joke, but what if it's a real story? <laughs> Hey, welcome to another Full Life Conversation. Today, Krista Garrett and I talk about matters of money, but not so much the nuts and bolts, but more so the mindset that we need to have when it comes to money. And in the context of community, our families, our marriages, our relationships, our community, our church, and who we are and who God wants us to be in that. We're in a series called Stages of Life and Faith. And this conversation is based on the sermon from the previous Sunday, Till Debt Do We Part. If you want to go back and watch that sermon, you can just use the link in the show notes. Here's that conversation. Anything that I have to say is going to come from, I guess, the experience that I had working for a guy named Dave Ramsey for about (laughs) six years. Mm -hmm. You may have heard of him. But the one thing that I really took away from as far as debt is concerned, there was a mindset of, do you really believe what we're, what we're mm-hmm. selling? Do you really believe what we're, what we're trying to, to do to change the culture of our community, of our country when it comes to debt? Do you believe what the word says about how it does really make you a slave? But the biggest thing that I think I took away was something that my good friend, David Holderman said at uh, one of the conferences that we put on, he was talking about his personal experience and how God spoke to him because of, of the debt that he and his wife and family had, had incurred and were trying to work through and something that, that the Lord revealed to him. And he, he just confessed. He said, I realized that what I was saying by taking on debt was basically God, you've given and given and given and given so much, Mm -hmm. but God, it's, it's not enough. Wow. And so I'm going to go and strap myself in for another 10, 20, 30, 40, however many thousands of dollars for this thing that I, I think I need. So there's this mindset of. I need. So there's a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a lack of discipline in him and his family that we all deal with mm-hmm. when it comes to to managing money and doing a budget and the discipline it takes to do that. But you know, God calls us to be disciplined so that we don't become slaves, so that we can so that we can enjoy the freedom that he gave us the abundant life, you know? So Mm -hmm. we, we approach money because of our lack of discipline, you know, and I'll, I'll be speaking for myself for sure. 
but sure, certainly David was, was in his testimony was talking about, we just needed a budget. One thing I know that from budgeting, it, it does allow us to see what we do have. There's a mindset that I believe God wants us to have that because my goodness, God is, he yeah. came to give us life and give it, to, give us yeah. abundantly. That's right. And that really speaks into every area of life. He wants us to have a mindset of abundance. Yes. And not scarcity. I've done a lot of, a lot of reading over the years about uh, poverty. And particularly when we, when we, from a Western framework, hear the word poverty, um, we typically think dollar signs or lack thereof. But if you even look at the number of references, particularly in the Old Testament to poverty, if you dig a little below the surface, it just is about lack. Yeah. It's, it's a place of lack. And from that standpoint, we could say we've all had moments where we've had some kind of poverty in our life, yeah, emotionally, yeah. relationally, you know. So I think that's one of the things I think about in this kind of this bigger picture conversation about that is just how our, our Western world has shaped and formed so much of that, just like anything else. But then for us as Christians, certainly impacted by our culture and, and the way that shapes us, how do we live a life that is countercultural in those ways? Mm-hmm. And so I think being aware of some of those some of those beliefs or values that we just pick up because we live in a culture. I'm not, they're not bad. They just, they're just what the culture says. And so then when we get to this topic in particular, you know, there is this whole abundance versus scarcity mindset. And, you know, I have been to places as maybe we all have where there was very little materially or financially, but there was, there was such a, a generosity of heart and spirit in the midst of that. And so I think maybe sometimes when we come to conversations like that, we do, like you said, Nathan, we're not necessarily talking nuts and bolts. You know, there, there are nuts and bolts obviously associated with this, but I feel like this is definitely an area that affects us in whatever stage of life we're in. And so how do we kind of look at how our, our beliefs and our experiences have shaped and formed how we approach this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think about just, I don't know, there are probably a lot of places along the way that I picked this up uh, growing up in my life, but I realized at some point into my adult years that I had, well, I realized I had fear and anxiety about pretty much anything. Mm. <laughs> and it was it was enslaving, you know, and it was just anything. And so, you guys know my story. God has done a miraculous work in my life and my heart to heal and restore and really just to what is the verse? You know, he restores what the locusts have taken. Yeah. I just feel like they're I just live in the the benefit of that every single day. And so I had so many other things to examine in my life that I was fearful and anxious about um, that. I just I just had a long list. So I just took the the main ones at the top. And at some point I realized that I had a lot of fear around um, money and not having enough or not, you know, and and I grew up in a home where all my needs were met. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that, and I don't know exactly how that happened, but I, I say that to say, I think 
regardless of what stage we're in, we may need to do some work in looking back to see mm-hmm. how some of those things have created barriers in our own life, in our own life of faith. Um, something about, you know, if we don't talk about something or certain certain families, you don't talk about things and it's very secretive or you pick up, you know, you pick up different tensions around certain topics and then we kind of embed that in our being and we don't just tell so-and-so. Yeah, exactly. Don't start asking questions. That's exactly right. And so I think in and of themselves, those those things can shape and form us. So it's like any other part of our spiritual life, our our spiritual formation, it, it is not only spiritual. It is spiritual, but yeah. there but there are different aspects of who we are that I think come to bear on how we approach certain things. And I think money is one of those we can see. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see that in, in people who have grown up with a lot and a little. Um, you, you see it play out in different parts of the world. Um, but I think those are just really important things to take a look at because I've had to take a look at those and see how, you know, different different things I just kind of picked up along the way shaped how I viewed that. And it's been liberating in all kinds of areas of my life to even be able to name, okay, this is what this is. Hmm. And then the Lord can begin to heal that. So I would say for somebody who's listening who maybe maybe you experience a lot of fear of ang- and anxiety. Uh, maybe this is one of those topics that does that for you. Mm-hmm. I think anytime something like that happens, rather than our tendencies to fight or flee, mm. that we need to lean in. And and we mm. just need to see what is the Lord speaking to us um, in whatever that place is. And I think this could be one of those places for Absolutely. people as well. Absolutely. Um, so if you think about, you mentioned abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. I have thought about this a lot over the years because I did operate for so long from such a scarcity mindset. And as God has healed and restored and and done such miraculous work in my life, I find that that shifted. Now, I couldn't just necessarily say, oh, here's when it happened. It's just been a gradual thing like in all of our journeys. But if I could paint a word picture for what that looks like for me and how I've approached that in my life. I think about it in terms of um, being having a scarcity mindset is I'm like I'm tight fisted, like maybe almost so tight fisted that like when you're worried or afraid or whatever, like you feel your nails digging into your palms or whatever. And that is in my mind, there may be other ways we would use this. But in my mind, when I do this, I am afraid I am fearful that something is going to be taken away. So I've got to grasp really tightly Mm -hmm. and think about the application of this for all kinds of different places in our lives. Right. This is not what God desires for us. Yeah. And, and so I then think the picture for me of an abundance mindset would be open. Yeah. Open hands, Hmm. right. Open hands that say I'm ready to receive, but also I think this is a posture of submission too. like I'm submitting this, my, my desires to hold tightly because I'm afraid. And instead I'm going to submit that to you, King Jesus, Yeah, because I can trust you with it. Perfect love casts out fear. Mm. And this certainly applies to anybody who would have fear around yeah. finances or money or those mm-hmm. kind of conversations as well. So that's yeah. just a principle that I've thought about a lot and how it shows up uh, and how it's shown up in my life. And yeah. I, I think this is definitely one of those areas. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the open-handedness 
speaks to the the concept of us being stewards. Yes. That we don't own any of it. Like if we have a mindset that we own, even to say, well, I tithe because 10% belongs to God. Well, no, I mean, I mean, honestly, no, it all, it all belongs to God. Mm -hmm. Yes. We can trust him with it because it's his in the first place. And in turn, he's trusting us with, (laughs) you know, and so that, that also helps me change my mindset and it speaks into the the humility that I need to have Mm -hmm. when it comes to money and how I use it. Yeah. And also to be able to, in a marriage, to trust one another. Sure. Um, and to be able to, to work together on that and be, mm. you know, be in unit. It's, it's a whole other facet of God saying you're to be one, yeah. you know, you're not to be separate about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but it does bring to mind the, the stewardship aspect of, of money that God gave us this to take care of. And, and I think that's why it grieves his heart so much when you're basically misusing Hmm. the, you know, what God's given you to Mm -hmm. take care of. Mm -hmm. It's not a legalistic thing to say gambling is wrong because it's about what it does to not just your finances practically, it's about what it's doing to your heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, ultimately it's about what's, you know, what's happening between you and God. Now, if you have no regard for that, that's, that's a totally different, you know, that's a different conversation, that's a different isn't conversation, it? Yeah. You sure. know, if, if you don't have any regard for that, you're not going to listen to any, any of this anyway. <laughs> Let's take care of it. Let's be wise about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we want to cultivate generous hearts, yeah, you know, and we do, then our approach and our mindset will need to be checked. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just will. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, Nathan, you, you referenced when Jesus said, you know, I came that they may have life and have it to the full or have it mm-hmm. in abundance, mm-hmm. as some versions say. And it is it is just so like God, Father, Son and Spirit to do that. So then what is our response? Then we want to live that out. You know, we want to be we want to share that abundance with others and we want to be generous of heart. And that just doesn't happen automatically like that is like anything else you you mentioned earlier the spiritual discipline of budgeting you know like I I mean I think there's there's there is we've said this on here before we will be discipled and formed by something or someone absolutely so as people who are maturing disciples in Jesus and I use maturing on purpose Mm. because we are all in the process of maturing word then we have to we have to talk about this, yeah. you know, when we, we have to look at this and, and we have to examine it and we have to say, how is my view of money, whether I learned this in family of origin or culture mm-hmm. or experience or whatever, um, good, bad or ugly, whatever, how is this shaping and forming me versus God's picture of this? It's that constant, that constant tension of who are we allowing to shape and form us? Mm. And I think this is maybe these are this is just one of the areas where we can tangibly see it. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's it just speaks to a, a deeper reality, a deeper truth. Uh, if we want to cultivate generous hearts, then uh, we, we need to look at what is shaped and formed us in the past and think, OK, mm-hmm. no, this is I want you to shape and form 
this in me, cultivate in me a generous heart. Yeah. With all things. Yeah. Money, yes, but also my heart and mm-hmm. my gifts and my time, yeah. my schedule, mm-hmm. you know, all of that as well. Yeah. I think we have the propensity to, to see what we do have as something that comes from us being self-made. And, mm. um, and I think, again, it's, it's a posture of everything, every good gift comes from the Lord. Right. Comes from the Lord. You know, he gave me strength to go to work. He gave me a job. If we can continually point our eyes to Jesus, point our eyes to God as the giver of all things, I think it helps us get in that mindset of abundance for one, Mm -hmm. just good stewardship and wisdom. But also as a parent, one of the things that's really helped me, and I I don't, you know, I don't practice this 100%. I'm so much, or I land on the side of, I'm sorry, kids, we can't afford that. There's no way we can do that. Instead of saying this month, we're using what we have for this. Yeah. So next month, you know, maybe we can, we'll pray about, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. those kinds of conversations, if we can have those kinds of conversations, our kids can grow up with that. This is God's mm-hmm. yeah. and he has all the money. Yeah. So great. You know, there's so much abundance if, if this is something God wants for us, he'll provide it. Mm-hmm. When my parents split up, my uh, I moved to Haleyville, Alabama with my mom and my younger brother. And I, I, I don't ever remember one time that we did not have a meal. We had a place to stay. Uh, we had a car. My mom had a job. God showed up mm-hmm. as our provider. That's yeah. awesome. That's I love cool. that. And we had nothing when we when we moved to Haleyville. Now, mom had family and um, you know uncles and aunts and her, and my grandmother. But that's the beauty of family and community. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know that is that is why we we need to have an abundance mindset. Yeah, because we are in community with one another. That's right. We're counting on each other. We're supporting each other, and we were supported mm. in a huge way. And wow. I can remember out of nowhere, not family, but someone, someone from the you know the neighborhood or our church, dropped something off at the house, you know that we desperately needed. Wow. You know, just just that. so many things that. Um. And, and I remember uh, <laughs> mom used using the envelope system. She did not go through Financial Peace University. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> she was a, a great steward, you know, of what we had. Hmm. And, and I also remember, you know, her being very diligent about, you know, keeping God's commands and bringing the tithe to the storehouse and, and, and being a giver, you know, more than a taker in, in how she just lived her life. And she still is that today. That's awesome. You know, in turn, you know, looking at my kids, you know, I want, I want them to set goals. I want them to work towards those goals. I want them to understand <laughs> there's one place to go when you don't have any money. Yeah. It's work. <laughs> <laughs> don't just expect grandparents to 
But man, I'm thankful for our grandparents. I'm thankful for their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thankful for our community, you know, that, that we have felt, you know, huge support. Mm-hmm. That's such a great story. I think in just hearing you tell that story about your experience growing up, I think about how many stories we would have, the three of us, and how many people listening where God really showed up mm-hmm. in the area of yes. provision yep. of what we needed when we may have been really stressed and worried about it. Yeah. And it's it's almost like he's saying, I got you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I got you. I remember it was, I guess it was November 2019. It had been on a a mission trip with a group of people and we were, we had left the the mission trip and we were heading back and we had a few hours before we needed to be to the airport or or whatever. And we were traveling with a a team from Florida, I think about six or eight of us. And they decided, oh, well, we could go to this place and we could zip line. Now, I have said I have been fearful and anxious about things my whole life, right? So Krista doesn't do adventure real well, right? And I just remember thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to do that. And there were a couple of some men there, just really, really great. They said, well, why don't you just come, you know? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll try it. So um, I just told them, I said, will you take a picture and send it to my husband? Because Greg, the husband, is never going to believe I did this. Like, if I just tell him, he'll need some picture proof. But we walked up, and as we had to walk up some different levels of stairs or whatever, and with each step, I felt my legs get heavier and heavier, and I thought, I've made a terrible mistake. So much so that because they were gentlemen, they said, well, you can go first, and we'll, you know, we'll wait for you. They kind of stepped aside or whatever. And so I was like, I'm not going first. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, it was, I think there were maybe four or five of us total. And we get up to, and, and we're in Jamaica, okay, for a little context. So we get up to the platform and this is not the one where you have to break yourself. Like they, they're, they have, they have guides on either end. So you don't have to do that yourself. And so um, I am watching as I send one, two, three of them ahead of me, because I want to hear the spiel of the guy. So, because I want to know what to do because I want to get it right. <laughs> and so I get ready. I, I walk up. This is this young guy. He was maybe like 20, 25 or so. Super nice. I'll never forget. I can picture his face right now. And I said, okay. So I lean back and I had on flip flops. I lean back. I do this. I do this. Now, when do I do this? I'm rapid firing questions. And he just looked at me and he just grinned and he said, I got you, man. I got you. You don't have to worry. I got you. And and he did. And I just remember I have thought so many times of what a powerful metaphor that has been in my life when I've been unsure or feel fearful or whatever. Like there's this point where I just want the knowns. Um, but just like in your experience that you shared, Nathan, you, you guys didn't know where that was coming from, but it's like, God was saying, I got you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just, now I just picture him saying that with a yeah. very distinctly Jamaican accent. Yeah. <laughs> you, man. Got you, man. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. And I just, um, and it can feel, it can feel unnerving stepping out into something that you don't have any ground underneath you, yeah. but, um, he really does have us. And 
I think this is one of the, I just picture this, this being an area, an area where he just really delights mm-hmm. to provide. Absolutely. I mean, in all ways, but certainly in this area, because he knows how it can stress and worry us or how we lack discipline or we lack focus or we, you know, we operate from a place of shame or fear mm-hmm. or, you know, arrogance or whatever, whatever. Uh, he knows all of that. And I think this is one of those places where he really delights to say, I got you, Mom. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'm just doing a lot of listening here. It's really... Oh, hey, Garrett. <laughs> oh, we're so glad you could join That's us, Garrett. Right. Hey. <laughs> it's really good stuff. That's why I'm listening. I'm learning a lot. Um, but I feel like when you said that, Krista, that that image of God just really telling us to kind of lean back, you know, he's yeah. he's providing, he's got everything. Um, it, I've been learning a lot just in receiving counseling about reframing things. And when I hear you say that, it's almost like I love the thought of budgeting or managing my money. I love that being reframed as like, okay, I'm learning to pay more careful attention yeah. to the ways that God's providing. Yeah. That that sounds exciting. Yeah. That yeah. sounds cool of like, okay, if I enter this journey, then I'm going to see a lot more ways that God yeah. is keeping me and giving me what I need. And that sounds exciting just yeah. to reframe that. Yeah. And I would even encourage somebody listening that if they are embarking on a journey of learning to steward their funds more, um, um, gratefulness and gratitude practices yes. are just so good. I mean, I can remember my yes. parents uh, the, once a month, we would just share a couple things we were thankful for that God had provided yeah. around the dinner table. And oh my goodness, I would so encourage you to do that. Like yeah. just, and even like parents be open with your kids of ways God's provided financially. That's yeah. awesome. That provided such a window for me of faith and like, wow, made me grateful. Um, that'd be a great practical thing you could do is maybe once a month as a family mm. say, Hey, what's something that God's provided in this month that we're thankful for? Um, so much that you can do in that that stirs your heart's affections as you're budgeting and as you're stewarding money to really just pay more careful attention to ways God's moving and providing. Yeah, I love that practical step. I think too, um, I almost allowed fear to keep me from that experience that day in Jamaica. And I had a blast. Hmm. And I, all I could think there was a, a fleeting thought I had at one of the moments of zip lining, but then as I was walking back to turn in the gear, I just did. I, I prayed. I said, Lord, thank you so much for not letting me give in to my fear. I could have I could have really missed an experience. And I knew at that moment that would have some kind of spiritual application for me, mm. but I didn't know exactly what that would look like at the time. Mm. But to be able to really be in the tree line and you know, just feel, I don't know. I just felt closer to God. Kind of like when I fly, I'm like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) I see you up there. (laughs) But I think with the, the practical aspect of gratitude and inviting gratitude in that is let's just not let fear hold us back in this area. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's just don't do it. And I know that's not good grammar, but that's how important it is. You got to use a double negative sometimes to emphasize how important something is that we would not allow fear to hold us back in this area where, where God is so, so gracious Mm -hmm. to provide what we, what we truly need. Yeah. I think when you think of of the verse, John 3, 16, God, for God so loved Mm. 
that he gave. You yeah. Know? Like that, and you can stop right there um, and recognize I have to take, like like you were saying, Garrett, that posture of of thankfulness, which comes from a place of humility. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we can't be, we can't be thankful unless we know there is no way I could have done that. There's no yeah. way I could have yep. made that myself, done that for myself. So it, it makes me thankful. And mm-hmm. I love that practical step that you can do with your family yep. Or, yep. Mm-hmm. or whatever your community might look like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take some time to, to count your blessings, to count yeah. those things mm-hmm. God has done. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no, and, yep. and there's nowhere, there's no way else that could have been done. Yeah. 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 Count your blessings. And what's so beautiful is when you do that. I really believe this. I've seen this in my own life. It really will reframe the way you see in the future challenges that seem like lack. Because mm-hmm. because you've counted your blessings, you'll approach new situations that seem like lack, and you'll say, oh, no, God's going to provide. This yeah. is a situation in which I'm going to have a testimony on the other side of this. But you have that perspective because you've been counting your blessings, mm-hmm. and God's track record is so on hand for you to pull from. Your faith is very fresh. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. Yeah, that's a lovely way to say that. Yeah. I saw that t-shirt last night at Walmart where where God guides, he provides. <laughs> but it's pink, so I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it. Real men wear pink, right? I mean, it's small. Okay. <laughs> pink and small. Like, that's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> this isn't like the bees. It's for real. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to ask clarifying questions. <laughs> and and something that I know we don't do enough of in our family is ask God before you spend money with an intentionality that says, this is yours. Is this what you want us to do with it? Mm-hmm. If it's not, then lead us to what you want us to yeah. do. I don't know that it gets much simpler in terms of being an obedient steward, but man, is that so hard in our world mm. yeah yeah to remember hey this isn't mine you know i was thinking about a verse that we've talked about recently um, at asbury in our previous series romans 12 1 and 2 and i don't know romans 12 has been such an impactful passage to me for mm. just pretty much any situation there's just I mean, you could do a whole message series just on Romans 12. You know, it's so good. But the first two verses, I think, as we were talking, I thought these verses absolutely apply to this too. Um, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Mm. And it just hit me that God is all about reframing long before we started using that word in therapy. Great insight. You know, so it's, true. It's, you know, we don't want to be conformed to this age in, in any of those areas, spiritually or morally, certainly this one. And we don't want to be conformed to right. the, the age and how the world says this is how we do this. That is just not... It's not optional. We are to live a different way Yeah. in every aspect. And it doesn't mean we we all get there in a way that's a straight line. I don't, I, 
it's all been messy for me, mm-hmm. you know, but the point is we continue to submit, we continue to grow, we continue to offer ourselves every aspect of ourselves as a living sacrifice that is a spiritual act of worship to the Lord because of his great mercy, because that's where the verse starts, you know? And so then we're not, then that, that empowers us to not be conformed to what's going on around us. And, you know, this, of course, Paul writes this to a church. He writes this to a community of believers. And so we can't do this on our own. None of it. Mm -hmm. We can't do this on our own either. And so let's, Let's lay aside the fear with God's help. Let's remember perfect love casts out fear. He does not want us to live in anxious places. And so that may mean we need some work. Mm -hmm. We need to do some work. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And don't do it alone. None of it. Let's don't do any of it alone because they're great great value and great gifts. And I just think, Garrett, about you saying how you gathered around a dinner table and in community, in your family community said, Wow, God, we acknowledge these are ways you provided. Thank you. Yeah. And how that mm-hmm. is cultivated in you mm-hmm. a heart of gratitude. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, what about we wrap up this conversation today with prayer? So, for all of you who are listening wherever you are, I just know that as we're recording this, we're praying for you um, in the future from when you will be hearing this and mm-hmm. the word of God is is still the same, so it will still apply. So, let's pray together. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for the gift of community. We thank you for the truth in your word. We thank you for your faithful, timeless promises. We thank you that you are indeed the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are consistent. You are good. You are faithful. You are generous. You are our provider. You are our strong tower. You are the rock on which we stand in every facet of our lives. And so we just open this prayer and close this conversation by giving you all glory and thanks and praise for all you have done. Lord, for the hundreds and millions and millions of ways you have provided what we needed when we needed it, we say thank you. Yes, God, thank you. Every good gift is from your hand, Lord, and we recognize that. And so we thank you for that. Lord, I would pray that you would deepen and grow and cultivate in us hearts of gratitude, overwhelming gratitude at what you have done, that it would invade every aspect of our lives and it would shape and change and mold us and we would never look the same. Mm -hmm. I thank you for the transforming work of your spirit. I thank you for your immeasurable grace, your love that is in so many ways indescribable. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you for the practical ways that you remind us that you are here. Mm -hmm. As you're saying to your sons and daughters, I got you. Mm -hmm. I got you. And so, Lord, for anybody who may be listening who... This conversation strikes up fear or dread or anxiety or shame or regret or any of those emotions that could become barriers to moving forward. God, I just pray that you will meet any of those people where they are Mm -hmm. and remind them of who you are uh, and remind them of who they are in you and show them what moving forward in a healthy way 
and growing and learning from mistakes and all of that entails. And Lord, for those who are listening, who uh, generosity has been such a a shaper of their own story, we give you gratitude Mm -hmm. and thanks and honor and glory for that. Lord, there are so many things we desire for our community, for Asbury Church, for our extended Asbury Church family who join us on this podcast or mobile worship or connected to us outside of our zip code 35758 in Madison. God, I just ask that you would cultivate in us generous hearts. Mm-hmm. Would you shape us and in always into the people that you would have us be for such a time as this? Because, Lord, we know you're moving and we know that you are doing all kinds of amazing work in our midst. And so, Lord, for all of it, every single speck of it, we thank you. Yes. Would you make us look more like Jesus today than yesterday? And tomorrow, would we pray the same prayer? Mm-hmm. We love you. We love you more than our words can say. So thank you for your love for us. We pray this in the mighty, healing, and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks for joining us for today's conversation. Please send any thoughts or questions for us to podcast at weareasbury.com. If this or any episode has impacted your life, please give us a rating and share it on social media or just text it to a friend. Not only do we hope this will spark conversation with those in your circle, It will really help grow our reach and impact more and more lives. Thanks again for joining us as we live real life with each other, full life with God, and kingdom life on earth. See you next time.